Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's really pretty interesting what's going on in Baltimore, live from the Auction Community Studios. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Wolf. So he's one year ahead of Kyler Murray. Lamar came in in that draft class with Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, uh, Baker Mayfield, Sam <laughs> Darnold. So that that was Lamar Jackson's year. So he's going into the fifth year of his rookie deal this upcoming season. Yes. He's already won an MVP. In fact, he's the, the last player not named Aaron Rodgers to win NFL MVP. And yet he doesn't seem to have any sense of urgency about getting a, a, an extension. He's his own agent. And when they bring it up, it sounds like when the Ravens bring it up with him, he's like, I'm good. It's it's honestly incredible what is happening right now. The fact that you would have a first-round pick, a franchise quarterback, and that's what he is, Lamar Jackson, for the Baltimore Ravens, and he has no representation except himself, of course. Mm-hmm. No agent. I mean, ju- just that right there is insane. And then you throw in the fact that the Baltimore Ravens picked up his fifth-year option because it was drafted in the first round, and they have the right to do that. And he's going into his fifth year, and he's not worried about an extension. <laughs> it's truly sta- it's it, stunning, it's, it's, this story. It is staggering, This yes. story does not happen. Ladies and gentlemen, it does not happen. And yet it's happening today in 2022. So I'm going to read you a couple quotes. One is from Lamar Jackson. From earlier today, he tweeted out, I love my Ravens. I don't know who's putting that false narrative out that I'm having thoughts about leaving. Stop trying to read my mind with, I guess that's a reading your mind emoji. I don't know. Um, so he put that out. So that, was, that was his tweet. Let's try to read his mind. <laughs> I can't. If you don't mind. <laughs> I can't. I mean, honestly, what what is he thinking, Lamar? I I, I don't know what to say about this. You got a guy going into his fifth year, his last year as a Baltimore Raven, who's not worried about this extension, not worried about getting future years covered and guaranteed money. He's not worried about that. And yet this is a run. This is a quarterback. I said almost running back. This is a quarterback that runs the ball a lot. He is. He's a football player is what he is, he through did, and through. Ooh. He's a football player. You just called a quarterback a football player. He's a football player. He runs the ball. He he will dip and rip if need be. Um, yeah, you know, Lamar Jackson is a he's he's a category of one, I think, in the NFL. I, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. And and my gut reaction when I see something like this is okay, he's doing this because there's a way to get paid more. Like he's risking it, obviously, risking injury. Any NFL player risks injury when you do something like this, but especially him because of the way he plays quarterback. Uh, so that's my initial thought is like he must have, he must in his mind have a way where he's going to make more money. He's basically going to bet on himself whether that means getting franchised for a couple of years after this. And then, you know, the, the, obviously the price of quarterbacks isn't going down. It's only going up. Look yes. at what Deshaun Watson just signed for. But then you get a quote like this from Steve Bashotti, the owner of the Ravens. Okay. So he has no reason to necessarily say what he's about to say. Uh, the quote from Steve Bashotti is everybody expects you to say, I've got to get mine now. The kid is so obsessed with winning a Super Bowl that I think deep down he doesn't think he's worthy. I think he wants that to say, now I deserve to be on top. People can speculate any way they want. 
I don't think he is turned on by money that much, and he knows it's coming one way or the other, unquote. Okay. That's from the owner. Yeah, that's from the owner right there. That's Owners, not like from his buddy or something. They, they don't say stuff like that about no. a guy that were supposedly in negotiations Because that's with. basically like, we, we want to give say, him money, and he's wanted, like, I don't need it. We, Lamar, we sure do think a lot about you. We love you. We want to give We want to give you the Brinks truck. This is like the bizarro world um, of the Arizona Cardinals yeah, right true. now. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Yet, when I look at that, um, we can sit here and we can debate as to whether or not that is wise based on the inside. We can do that all day. And it is debatable as to whether or not this is a wise thing for Lamar Jackson to do going into his last year. Now, there's still a lot of time, of course, to sign that extension going into his last year. But the fact that he's not in a rush to get this done does not happen in the National Football League. And I will say this as well. Um, Lamar Jackson does have what I believe to be limitations. I think Lamar Jackson needs to be in an offense where it's the new age offense for the most part. It's pretty much the the spread. Now, they do it out of 12 personnel. They do an incredible job out of two tight ends, really mixing it up, do a great job. They do blend it a little bit. It's just not to the degree in which I think Lamar Jackson would thrive. Does that make sense? It's not a blending of the old and the new to a degree in which it's 50-50 for the most part. I think it's more like 75 or 80-20 is even better. 80, new age offense, 20% old age, if you will, offense. It's just it's interesting because the Ravens have already locked up John Harbaugh again, another extension for John Harbaugh. They are clearly content to be this version of the Baltimore Ravens going forward, and I don't even disagree with them. I'm sure they look around the AFC and they're like, great. Russell Wilson just came over. Deshaun Watson's on a team now in their division. You've already got Patrick Mahomes you got to deal with. Derek Carr looks better. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow are, are breaking out. Josh Allen, <laughs> you can make a case he could end up having the best season of any of those guys. If I'm the Ravens, I look around and I'm like, okay, how are we going to win in this league? And, and and if I'm Baltimore, I'm saying, we didn't really have a running back last year because everybody we, we signed or yeah. started the season with got hurt. Unbelievable. And our quarterback is different than all those other quarterbacks. So maybe we can zig when everybody else is zagging. So you can see why Baltimore's like, all right, John, you come in here and get your extension. All right, bring Lamar in so we can get his extension. And Lamar's like, eh, maybe later. Yeah, and once again, you know, it's it's interesting. He says, don't try to read my mind. Don't try to read my mind. Well, um, at this point in time, there there are people out there trying to because the situation and the circumstances, you can't even understand it. Well, for good How's, reason, people are trying to read his mind. Because if you if you're an owner of another team or a GM of another team, you must be like, is he just going to be a free agent next year? Yeah, but I think honestly, when he said that, that you know, stop trying to read my mind. I, I think he's talking about like the media and fans reading his mind as to what it is that he's doing. What is he doing? This has never been done before. Where you got a franchise quarterback who isn't in a hurry. Isn't in a hurry to actually sign his extension. <laughs> I I don't know any quarterback that has not been in a hurry to want to actually sign a multi-year big money extension. It, it's funny too because what you almost said before when you almost slipped up and called him a running back when 
Like, I understand sports fans at a certain point, you get sick. And we saw it through, throughout the baseball lockout. It's like, okay, well, this person only makes $27 million and they really want that 28 and so they're going to argue about it. Or, you know, you see in negotiations, yeah, I'm not trying to pick on Kyler Murray, but he's going to get paid a ton of money either way. Is it, you know, at a certain point as a fan, it's tough to relate to he's got to get paid right now as opposed to two months from now or next offseason. But the one part where I always set that aside is if you are an NFL running back. Because an NFL running back, your career could just end at any point. And it's not like Lamar Jackson, it's not like he hasn't been paid at all. But it's a rookie contract, and he wasn't the first overall pick. He hasn't been paid as much as you think. This is one of the riskier maneuvers I can remember. On top of the fact that he's negotiating it himself without an agent. Because, honestly, would any agent allow him to do this? No. No way. (laughs) Eric Burkhart would find a font so small and a caps lock so big (laughs) if Lamar Jackson was his agent. That was funny right there. There's no doubt about it. No agent ever would let him do this. And yet, this is Lamar Jackson. This is who he is. This is the reason why he is revered inside the Baltimore Ravens locker room. For reasons just like this. For the competitor that he is. For the ferocious competitor that he is. Um, he is revered inside of that locker room. And, you know, you, you think of Lamar Jackson and what he said. And then you think of the owner and what the owner said as well. Are, are you serious where he's, he's, he's saying that publicly that he doesn't think Lamar believes he's worthy? Of a contract extension, if that was I'm almost said with admiration. Right there, I, I, I if, it, yeah, but it's 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 incredible that he would say it, but it's incredible that he would say it. <laughs> if you know what I mean, <laughs> did you get that, Luke? Did you pick up on that? I, I did. I'm because right here <laughs> again, <laughs> again. Um, do, do you want to say that? about a guy you're you're trying to hope to sign an extension with that this guy you know he he doesn't think he's worthy <laughs> i mean it, it could be a backhand if you know what i mean yeah it's a backhanded compliment i'm i'm shocked that he said anything like that but you're right it's it, it is almost also like lamar you deserve more money than you're asking for Yes. What kind of negotiating is that on either side? Lamar's like, ah, I don't need the money yet. And the owner's like, we need to give you money. <laughs> like, this what, kid, what is going on over there? This honestly feels like he's not worthy of of signing an extension until he wins the Super Bowl. That that basically is what he said. This is your last shot to participate in the madness, of course, because it uh, picks back up this weekend. Text Bucks to 620-620 and choose from the last four teams for your chance to win $500. You can just completely reset your bracket. That's Bucks to 620-620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. When we come back, how crucial is it for the Suns to get Cam Johnson back next week? We'll discuss it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Suns Day. Brought to you by Four Peaks Wow Wheat on the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Suns Day with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, Suns Warriors tonight. Suns Grizzlies on Friday. So if they just keep doing what they have been doing, well, then they will uh, break the franchise record on Friday in Memphis. Kind of fitting. These are the two teams that look like their biggest obstacles in the Western Conference. And these are the two teams they're going to go through here tonight and on Friday. 
Cam Johnson's not going to play tonight. He's been out since March 4th. He had that breakout game against the Knicks, although that wasn't his only breakout game. That was just the one where he put up 38 and hit the buzzer beater. Monty Williams said he's hopeful they'll have Cam Johnson back by next week. We don't have any updates on that, but he's, he's progressing in a good place. Um, we're hopeful to see him um, within the next week. But as far as an official update on when he will play, we're not quite sure yet. Just kind of waiting to see as far as him responding to the workouts and stuff he's been through. And then there's Cam Johnson, too, who said it, it is important to get back before the playoffs start, if at all possible. A lot. And I just, I just want to um, – it's important to get back and as soon as possible, whenever that will be, just to get that rhythm going in the playoffs. And I was in a similar situation last year with my wrists. Um, but I didn't get to play any regular season games, kind of just hop right back in the playoffs. So this year I want to try to get a couple of those games in and get cardio right and get rhythm up. You know, we have seen this so much of the time with the Phoenix Suns right now. Um, they are they're a team that obviously has won an awful lot of games. They've been playing very, very well. When have the Suns had a down part to the season? Well, hold I on. Mean, hold on. I, I, okay. I, I can find it. I this can identify good. it. Yes. Identify it for me. When have they had a a really bad scratch of the season? Game three of the season, <laughs> they lost to Portland. Game okay. four to Sac- against Sacramento, Harrison Barnes hit that buzzer beater. Yes. That I was the low point that. of the season. There it was the low yeah. point of the season. And, and Game three and four. Yes. And since then, they are 60 and 11. Yeah. You know what? To- <laughs> that was their longest losing streak of the season, too, by the way, those two games. It is truly amazing. And the one thing that we have seen, the very consistent approach from the Phoenix Suns in regard to its players has been once you get injured, man, we're going to, we're going to make sure you're, you're a hundred percent before we bring you back. Which is smart. Which is smart, number one, but it also, it's a luxury. It is a luxury to be able to do that. And why is that, James Jones? Why is that a luxury? Because of the depth that is on this team. They could continue to still win games without DeAndre Ayton for 21 games. They went 18 and three without their big man. Ridiculous. Without DeAndre Ayton. 18 and three. What's more ridiculous, that? Or going eleven and four in fifteen consecutive games without Chris Paul. I know. Right? I think it actually might be the eleven and four, even though that's not as quite as good of a winning percentage. Yes, still like winning seventy percent of the time. You're, you're basically talking about losing your MVP again. Devin Booker to me is the Suns' best player, but Chris Paul is their MVP because of all the things that he brings. And it's not like Devin Booker doesn't bring a lot of things. He does as well, but. Chris Paul, and you're telling me they went 11 and four without Chris Paul. How are the Warriors doing without Steph Curry? Not, not as well. Not <laughs> they. They Here's are falling a pair of apart. Shorts. I want you to slide them on, dude, and pull them up really high. Okay, that's how it feels right now for Golden State. Golden State has since Chris Paul got hurt. I think the Chris Paul injury affected Golden State more. I've said this before, but since the All Star break. They are now 5-11 and 11 since Chris Paul got oh hurt. Oh, my goodness. The Suns are so much better without Chris Paul than the Warriors are without the Suns <laughs> having Chris Paul. And they weren't, like, tearing it up before that either, Golden State. they There was a point in the season where they were 41-13. and 13, And since then, they are 7-15. and 15. Yeah. That's, man. I mean, that's now you're talking, like, two months of that games. Is, it's incredible. It really is what is going on 
with Golden State right now, and we're going to get a front row seat, obviously, tonight. Um, Cam Johnson, so much of the time you let the player make the decision as to when he wants to come back. Um, you trust a guy like Cam Johnson. I'm sure they do. It's not like he's some rookie. They're going to look at Cam. They're going to dead level stare him and say, listen, do you, do you think you're ready to go? That obviously is not the case right now. Listening to Cam, Cam doesn't feel like he's ready to go. You played that cut, and that is the one takeaway I had listening to Cam Johnson. He did not feel like he was ready to go. He felt like it was getting better, but he didn't think it was there. And, I, and I, I've got more here, too, from Cam. Okay, i got a lot good. more from Cam. This is uh, him talking about getting back to practice. Good, and that was the point of it, you know, and to get through and, and feel good about it, not to get banged up out there. Um, and it's going to be a gradual building process where I kind of let, let, let myself go a little bit more and uh, probably compete a little bit harder and harder and harder and put a little bit more stress on, on my body. Um, but it felt good to go back out there and get, get some contact. Was this, pretty much, was this pretty much the same injury you had your rookie year? Yeah, it's a little bit lower on my leg. So I just want to reset the timeline for everybody. Wow, even even just saying timeline in relation to the Suns, that still gives me chills from like four years ago. <laughs> um, but the timeline for everybody, the, the Suns regular season ends next Sunday. So just if Cam Johnson is going to try and work his way back before then, it's got to be next week, like Monty said. But then also, if he does come back for a game or two, they, they're going to have a week off at the end of the season before their first playoff right. game. So just remember right. all that yes. for context. Yes, no, no, you're right about that. And once again, he said a couple games earlier, you played a cut where he did say that, yeah. a couple of games. And maybe that's what it is. And every player is different. I was talking about this earlier on the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen, but it's so true. Every player is different. Every player needs X amount of games in order to get back to where they think they should be. Um, I don't think there's a right answer for that. Chris Paul, Chris Paul's like, I'm healthy. I want to play. I love him for that. I love CP3. Very straightforward. I've never met the guy. I have no idea. Uh, only what we're, we're told about the kind of man he is and the teammate he is. And I, I believe everything I've been told, but I love the guy. Even though I haven't met him because of that, if I'm healthy, I'm going to play. Because it's what I do. It's what professional athletes do. They play. Bill Belichick is a big believer on this right here, man. He's not a big, you know, it's sit down, Tom Brady. We're up by three touchdowns. There's six minutes to go in the in the quarter. There's six minutes to go in the game. We're going to sit him down. No, we're not going to sit him down. Go out there. Football players play. This is what they do. That was Bill back in 1992 with the Cleveland Browns. It's an old school mentality and i love chris paul that he's got that old school mentality still yeah uh speaking of chris paul monty williams gave a little bit of an update on him i think he's okay i think he's still building the capacity to play in the mid-30s but the the way i look at it is you i think you have to build the capacity to play past that in case you have one of those games where he and book and mikhail who are pretty much our high-minute guys, and even D.A., you know, building those guys up to where they can play high 30s and maybe even 40s. Um, not that you would do that consistently, but I think you have to build towards that. I mean, his first two games back, he's played 30 in 36 minutes. Yeah. Chris Chris Paul, Chris. Um, 36 points and 27 assists in those two games, too, by the way. Not worried about Chris Paul. Uh, I don't think anybody is. But especially after what we saw last year, 
the only time I've ever been worried about Chris Paul when he was on the Suns is when it looked like he couldn't move his arm in that Lakers series. Remember how, how he oh, didn't yeah. look like Chris Paul? Yeah. It was like, is his arm attached? Yes. And they still won the series anyway. Yeah. Yeah. How's that taste, LeBron? <laughs> hey, you know, by the way, how's it going over there in the L.A. Basin? Is that is that going to be the last time the Lakers are in the playoffs for the foreseeable future? Like, what if that was, I mean, LeBron's going to keep playing and playing and playing, but, like, they might not make the playoffs this year. That might be his last taste of the playoffs for a <laughs> while, actually. Um, but, yeah, okay, so Chris Paul back, and and I like the idea of Cam Johnson, if at all possible, getting back with a couple games to go in the regular season. It's good to hear that Monty Williams and Cam Johnson feel the same way on that one. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, what do the Coyotes have to do to snap their suddenly six-game losing streak? We're going to ask their head coach, Andre Turini. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Bell Ford, where it's all about the experience. One small step off I-17 in Bell, one giant Ford store. Yeah, the Coyotes back at home tonight. 16 games left this season. They are hosting the San Jose Sharks. And joining us now, as he does every Wednesday, is their head coach, Andre Tourney. Uh Coach, thanks for the time. And they got a busy day with the game tonight. You got through that Western Canadian road trip. Uh, what, in your mind, was uh, was missing on that trip? Well, I think we play really good opponent. I think the first two games we played well. Uh, Calgary, really tough opponent. Winnipeg, we played rock solid. We could have win that game. I think the first period was a little bit sluggish, but after I think we were the better team. So uh, could have been a, a, a better result for us. And in Edmonton, uh, I think it's a combination of things. They have world-class players who uh, were really opportunistic, but uh, we were tired as well. Not use an excuse, but few injury plus uh, the tough schedule with the traveling. Uh, that that was that was a learning curve for us in the sense of uh, that that was really tough and uh, we had tough time to sustain during the game. We had really good moment while we had breakdowns and uh, can be fatigue or whatever it was, but uh, we could not sustain. Zilber, here you go. You got. 16 games left. You've had a tough season. There's no doubt about that. But now you've got 16 games left. What are you telling your guys? What What are you looking for over the last 16 games? I think we still have a lot to to earn as a team. I think we uh, a lot of our guys want new contract. A lot of our guys want uh, improve their their role in the team in the future or stuff like that. So we have a lot. To, to earn as a team, it's not like uh, we uh, we have nothing to chase for. We we will have a lot of player will coming back in our team next year, and we're looking forward to to get better as an organization. So uh, we still have growth. We need, still have stuff to learn. And you know, having a good season, we have player example Keller and guys like that. They had a really good season for sixty five games, sixty six games, but it means nothing if you cannot sustain for the eighty two games. So. Uh, everybody has something to to earn here. Talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney. Uh, Andre, you said after one of the games the other night, you said everyone has a good culture when everyone everything's going right. <laughs> and uh, first yeah. of all, I was proud of myself for writing that down and remembering it today. But secondly, you <laughs> you guys have had a pretty good culture all season. Was there any sort of challenge now to rebuild that after the trade deadline? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is for the reason I just mentioned. You know, it's. Uh, 
everybody has to find a reason to dig deep and find a way to, to be resilient and, and keep pushing forward and stuff like that. It's not, it's easy to say coach saying that on radio. Good. Everybody can do that. That's, that's the easy part doing it every day. That is where you need special athletes. You need really good pro. And we have those guys, but we need leadership. We need to lean in on each other and, Remind each other we need to to be there for each other and push and keep pushing forward and show a lot of pride. So, Bear, here it is your first year as a head coach in the NHL. What have you learned about yourself? Oh, boy. Uh, You know, a lot. It's uh, having your consistency in your message. You know, it's uh, the other thing is different. uh, in, in the NHL is the number of practice. I think you, you need to be creative in the, the sense of finding a way to teach your team and improving your system, but not going on the ice because you need to manage the rest. That's really, really important because as soon you get, you get tired, it's not physically, as soon you get tired mentally, then you cannot focus. You cannot make the adjustment. You cannot sustain. You cannot uh, improve in your positioning and all of it. So uh, that, that is a, uh, that's something you need to go through once. Even if I'd been as an assistant coach, now you take the decision and uh, the day you work, the day you rest, and stuff like that. So uh, a lot of uh, learning to work together as well with the management, coaches, the player, the leadership. So uh, there, there's nothing. It would be different if I was going to coach in another league, another country, or whatever. You know, when it's the first time you work together as a group, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of adjustment. There's a lot of things you can do better and you can learn from each other. So that's where we are at as an organization. Talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney. Uh, Andre Lawson Krause has really kind of improved every year he's been in the league, but this has definitely been uh, his best uh, season so far. What have you seen from him this year? And, and I know that maybe we don't have a firm update, but I know he got hurt in the game the other night, and it, it doesn't sound like he's coming back uh, anytime too soon, does it? No, I, I I don't have a the final result, but uh, yeah, I will assume it will take a little bit of time. To, uh, so, uh, Crosser is, is is a huge member of our team because you know you need that toughness in your team. Toughness is many things. It's toughness is mentally. It's being resilient. Crosser is all of that. It's being a guy who will show up every day at the rink and try to get better and show enthusiasm. Crosser has that. It's toughness by body position, by body checking and uh, attacking the game with a lot of toughness and he has that he can fight as well he can score goals so he brings a lot and he's a great leader for our team i think he grew a lot as a as a player as a human during that season and we're really happy to have him on our side so uh, not having him for the next uh, couple days or weeks that's for sure it hurt Barry, other than wins and losses of course what are some of the metrics or analytics that you look at and that you value uh, that's a good question, but I, I look at a lot of things. You know, I, uh, I look at, at the possession. I look at uh, uh, as well some metrics defensively. So, so it's different for different type of player. You know, the certain player, uh, example, a guy like Kolyakonak or Mayo. I will I will look at a lot of the the gap they give or the how many loose puck battle they win and stuff like that. Player like Keller will look him. And the expected goal for, expected goal again, and how you play both sides of the ice. So there's there's a lot of metrics, and uh, we we talk about it every week 
as an organization about how can we get better with those advanced stats and how can we implement that. And uh, right now we don't use use it a lot with the player. The coach, we use it. We have all the information and we talk about it, mm. I will say, every week. But I'm looking forward next year to have something we can give to the player so they can see their numbers, they can see what, what they can do better or what they do great and stuff like that. Andre, we've talked about Dyson Mayo a lot this year, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on on what you thought of him stepping up for uh, Clayton Keller getting hurt by or hit rather by Evander Kane awkwardly the other night. Of all the guys to step up against, Evander Kane's probably not the easiest, but Dyson Mayo didn't hesitate at all. Exactly, and that uh, we talk a lot about culture together, guys. That is culture. That's seeing no hesitation from a player like Dyson Mayo. Against Evander Kane, which is he's not a he's not a, a small guy or he's a, you know he's a tough guy. And my did not hesitate for a second, went right at him. I think I was really proud of him. And it was the same in the the previous game. We had a, a Strawman who did the same. Cal's uh, uh, got the hit badly, and Strawley went went to 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 defend him. So I like those kind of things. That showed how close is our team. Bear, listen, man, so much respect for you. I appreciate your time this morning or this afternoon, I should say. God bless you. I'll see you down the road. Okay, buddy? Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good one. Thanks, Coach. Good luck tonight. That's uh, Coyote said Coach Andre Tourney joining us on the 72-sold sports line. Yeah, the offense was uh, the, the start of March. The Coyotes were 6-1, and one, and they were averaging almost six goals a game, which mm-hmm. is absurd. Even even by like the greatest offenses in the league, that's absurd. But since then, they are 0-5-1, and, and they have managed nine goals over six games. So it's it's very clear what has been missing. Because he said it right there. The first couple games on that road trip against Calgary, who might be in the Stanley Cup this year, the Coyotes nearly pulled that off. But uh, the offense just hasn't been there. All right, we come back. The Lakers would be done if there wasn't a play-in tournament. But thanks to the Spurs, they might be done anyway. We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Sun's Day. Brought to you by Four Peaks Wow Wheat on the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Suns Day with Wolf and Luke. Tell you what, a quick side note into baseball. Did you see the St. Louis Cardinals Washington National score? It's, it's, uh, I don't know why you would have. It's uh, 28 to 8 right now in the ninth inning. No way. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That is a veritable beating, is it not? I'm guessing nobody on the Nationals is making the team this year based on uh, what's going on this afternoon in Florida. All right, to the NBA, back to the NBA. Now, we've talked about the Suns and their game tonight. We can't, you can't really speculate like you could in years past on who they're going to play in the first round. Like normally by this point in the season, you'd be like, okay, well, pretty good idea. The Suns, we know they're the number one seed. So in a normal year, we pretty much know, Wolf, they're playing the Clippers. The Clippers are eighth right now. They're six games back in Minnesota, so they wouldn't be catching them. They're four and a half games ahead of the Pelicans, so New Orleans wouldn't be catching them. On a, on a normal NBA season before they did this, and apparently they're going to stick with the play-in tournament, we would know it's going to be Suns-Clippers in the first round of the playoffs. Pretty good chance it could be Suns-Clippers anyway, though. Okay. Uh, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because Paul George came back and played last night for the first time since early December. Yeah. Clippers beat the Jazz. I'm not going to put any stock in rumors of Kawhi Leonard coming back, but there were rumors over the weekend that he would come back after the play-in tournament, which just assumes they're going to work their way through that. Um, we've talked to Kellen Olsen about this a lot. This has been my feeling for a while, too. 
It's not that the Suns can't beat the Clippers. I think they will, they'll handle whoever they play in the first round. But of the teams they could potentially play, I would say the Clippers are probably the toughest just in the sense that they're going to drag you through every game yeah. you play. Yeah, you know, you may be right about that. There's no doubt. But this is one of the things about the Suns that I respect the most, just how tough they are. I mean, the the talent is there. We understand that. But it's also how tough they are. And if you want to get physical, the Phoenix Suns have no problem getting physical. They'll get physical with anybody out there. A pack of dogs, that's who they are. Um, the Clippers, yeah. I Listen, I don't want to dismiss the Clippers in any way, shape, or form, but if the Phoenix Suns play up to their level, if they play up to their ability, they win that in five. Yeah. You know, again, um, that's just me. I'm not affronting the athletic process. It just seems like if the Suns play up to their ability, man, they're going to roll. Well, and if it if it's the teams as they're currently constructed, you know, and I'm saying that with the Clippers not having Kawhi, that's basically the same matchup we saw in the Western Conference Finals last year. Now, the Clippers don't have Patrick Beverly, which is... They're either going to play the Clippers or Patrick Beverly and the Timberwolves in the first round. That's almost certain. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that Western Conference Finals series... That was that was a brutal series. That, to me, was the closest the Suns ever got to losing in the Western Conference playoffs last year. I know Lakers fans will say, well, if Anthony Davis was playing, the Clippers series was the tougher series. There were moments in that where I was like, the Clippers may pull this off. Yeah. Can you imagine if the Suns start with them in the playoffs and they just blow right through them? I mean, that'll be a pretty strong indicator, another one, of how much better this year's Suns team is than even last year's Suns team. Yeah, and once again, you know, we, we've we been talking about this all show, and of course we've been talking about it for a long, long time, but, you know, the Golden State Warriors, they are a team that, when healthy, I think could give the Suns a series. Yet at the same time, even now, I still feel this way, that if the Suns play up to their caliber and their skill level and their ability level, I don't think there's anybody in the association that can beat them. I don't think there's anybody, as long as they play up to their standard. They don't have to play great. It's not like they have to play lights out. Oh, my goodness. They're unconscious from three. They don't have to do that. If they are unconscious from three, you're in trouble. Okay, that much I'll tell you. Because the the short and intermediate in the mid-range game, as we all know, of the Suns, is huge. Now, this team is not unconscious from three. They just seem to be unconscious in general. Did you see what the Lakers did last night? They gave up 82 points in the first half to Dallas. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that's The look uh, on not Frank ideal. Vogel's face is just forever embedded. I do wonder how, how different this Lakers team may look next year because I thought it was crazy at the start of the season when people were talking about them as a championship contender. Yes. And that's even with LeBron. I, I tend to give the respect to whatever team LeBron is on of, yeah, okay, they could be dangerous. I, did, I thought that was just absurd. But I didn't think they'd be bad. You know, I thought this would be like a middle pack team, you know, like a a contender, just not a, not a, not like a title contender. So, so you felt like they added Russell Westbrook and you felt like that was absurd. I felt like it was (laughs) absurd that they were a title contender or a favorite. Yeah. To me, I wasn't a lot of players. I wasn't surprised at all. I wasn't, not at all. Well, it's the big three. How many times do you hear that? Yeah. It's got to be the big three. 
You got Anthony Davis, you got LeBron James, and now you've got Russell Wells Westbrook. Well, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. I mean, there there were a lot of people that bought into that. I never bought into that. But I, I never knew how that was going to go for the Lakers with Russell Westbrook. Well, because they gave up a lot of their role players. I mean, I think if you're a Suns fan, you saw their role players firsthand in that series last year. And like, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder was a problem for the Suns until until the end of that series. Yeah. He was a problem. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I guess, wasn't really. He's playing well for Washington right now. But the Lakers just kind of gave up everything and really banked on not just a big three, but like playing three-on-three basketball. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. Um, and obviously Anthony Davis has missed a lot of the season. I get all that, yes. but I just, I never, I never would have thought they would be 31 and 44. That's the other thing. Unless you told me LeBron was out for the season. Okay. Maybe even then they shouldn't be 31 and 44, but yet here we are. San Antonio has won four in a row. So they've actually now passed the Lakers. If the season ended today, the Lakers wouldn't even be in the play-in tournament. Yeah, and I know across the basin, of course, there's a lot of talk about, you know, would you rather have the Suns knock the Lakers out? We've talked about Mm -hmm. it a little bit. Would you rather they knock the Lakers out of the postseason or have the Lakers miss the postseason altogether? I think this is more enjoyable if they actually miss because the Suns did just knock the Lakers out last year. Yes, so yeah, but Anthony Davis. Only yeah, okay, well, okay. <laughs> if you wanted to make that argument, if that was your stance, it had a lot more credibility like nine months ago than it does now. Because since that whole well, if Anthony Davis was playing since that, the Suns went to the finals and are sixty-one and fourteen. Correct. The Lakers are thirty-one and forty-four. So what are you going to do about it? All right, nothing. Your argument stinks. I'd rather play the Lakers in the first round than the Clippers. I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. How often can no, you, you say that? I, oh, my goodness. That is weird right there. It is a weird thing to actually acknowledge and admit. Yeah, you'd rather play the Lakers. <laughs> rather play the team with LeBron James <laughs> than the Clippers. Yes. Paul George is back. Look out, everybody. You know, it just, I think the Clippers, I think the Clippers. I think they're a much tougher out at this point in time, especially with Paul George coming back. And Ty Lue, of course. I love Ty Lue. Yeah. I, I think this guy is one of the best coaches in the basketball universe. And uh, love his approach, love his old school mentality, and yet he's able to relate with these guys as well. I think he's, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, having said all of that, I think the Suns beat him in five. Yeah, I, I'm mentally getting myself ready for that being the series. Suns and, in five. And uh, you're Suns and five guy. I'm Suns and five guy. <laughs> you want to go? <laughs> I got five fingers right here. Here we go. Suns and five. This summer, Ron oh. Wolfley is Suns and five guy. Um, Brian Windhorse <laughs> yesterday nice. talking about how the Spurs are going to pass oh, I the Lakers. That laugh right there. So, <laughs> good for one of those a week. So I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Wendy, for all intents and purposes, the Spurs and Lakers are tied right now based on the tiebreaker. Yeah, the Spurs have the tiebreaker. And really bad news, they play the Trailblazers twice at home in the next five days. The Spurs are probably going to be ahead of the Lakers by the end of the week. I mean, the Spurs... How many people driving around right now can name three guys on the Spurs? Man. Like they're, they're working their way back up, but this is not supposed to... The, 31 and there's 44. There's so many people driving around right now listening to you, and they're saying, yeah, but it's Greg Popovich. Well, yeah, and that's fine. 
but it, this was clearly a throwaway it's year top, for the Spurs. Luke. And it's going to be a throwaway year because they're going to get into the play. And if they get there ahead of the Lakers and they're going to be gone and, and you know, <laughs> either against New Orleans or against the Clippers or Timberwolves or whoever. But uh, it's going to be real. You couldn't drop a better season for, for Valley sports fans if the Suns are going to have the best record in the NBA, and they are, and the Lakers are going to miss the playoffs entirely, which it looks like the Lakers don't even want to be in the play-in tournament. It looks like LeBron kind of looked around and was like, this that is, is a waste of my time. the most stunning thing about this. It really is. That is the most stunning thing. There are points when you watch the Lakers that it appears they don't care. Like, they're quitting. Period. And even LeBron James, his shot selection, watching him just chuck up three with with impunity. Um, honestly, it's it's something that is really disturbing to watch, yeah. especially with Frank Vogel as such a qualified coach. It, they do not look like a team that won the title two years ago. You would think, if nothing else, they would still be like, oh yeah, okay, the Suns would handle them, but maybe they'd be a threat. They may miss the playoffs, the play-in entirely. All right, that will do it for us here today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney for doing everything behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.